what is up guys? Welcome back to the Cinema Talk Movie Journal. Back with episode 6 overall, but 2 of the restart. Um, we're back here on another Sunday night reviewing some movies. So my name is Ryan. And my name is Matthew. And as you can see by the title of this show, we are talking about the new movie out this weekend, It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James McAvoy, uh, Jay Ryan, uh, James Ransom, Teach Grant, Andy Bean. I think I missed one in there. Oh, it's Isaiah Mustafa, and directed by uh, Andy Muschietti. So uh, this is a sequel to a uh, highly successful, both uh, critically and uh, fiscally, movie. Uh, made around $700 million worldwide, um, and was collectively seen as a very well-made movie. Go back and listen to our review. We will be doing a full uh, CTP spoiler, full review. Yeah. Of it, chapter two. Once uh, Logan and Brendan get a chance. Yeah, it was successful for us as well. Has a yes. a good number of downloads. So thank you. But yes. yeah, give it some more. Check it out. We'll yeah, open this podcast. We'll give it some more life. It was two years ago when we reviewed it, so uh, <laughs> our voices might have deepened a little bit, and we might have, uh, you know, I don't know, had a different viewpoint on things. But I think my review still stands. Uh, if you go back and listen to that, you will know that I am a, a super fan of this franchise. Um, I love the book so much. It's my favorite book. Um, if I ever get a tattoo, there's a specific quote from the book that I would get tattooed on my body, probably over anything else. I have a poster of it in my room. Like, it, it's it, it's intense. Um, so I, I'm the target audience for this movie, and I couldn't have been more excited. Matt, how about you? Um, I've never read the book, um, but I have seen the first it. So <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not a super fan, but I thoroughly enjoyed the first it movie. Um, I wasn't, like, going into this ridiculously hyped, but I was certainly excited. Yeah, and neither of us have seen the 90s miniseries. Right? Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't. I, I, I want wanna... you to watch it, because I haven't seen it, but I I've just heard to. so many crazy things about it. I don't want to. Like, it, <laughs> it looks really bad. Yeah. Like, really bad. But it looks, like, laughably bad. Yeah, and I don't want that for my favorite... Like, I don't want it to be... Like, I'll give a little bit of spoiler for my thoughts on this. Like, these adaptations don't really affect my love for the book at all because it's like it's a decent story like one way or another whether i give this a positive review or not we'll get into it i don't feel like it's tainted my love of the book i feel like that has the potential of being so bad that it ruins some of the enjoyment of the book for me like yeah yeah like it looks really bad like i've seen random scenes of like like sitcom level production of like balloons popping in people's faces while blood splattered on them and they thought nothing was happening. Like, it's bad. It looks really bad. And I've never heard someone say they liked it unless they watched it for the first time when they were, like, eight. And it was, like, their intro to horror and they thought they were edgy at eight for watching it. That's true. Like, bleh. No. <laughs> so, I guess we'll give a little bit of Maybe background. Maybe we'll do, like, a hilarosity of you, a review or something. Okay, like some yeah, really, yeah, yeah. like, goofy CTP thing. Yeah, maybe a, we, we could do that. We could yeah. do, like, funny CTP episodes. That'd be gross movies. Yeah. Kind of like um, The Phantom Menace. Podcast. Yeah. It, <laughs> yes. That was a fun review. Go back and listen to that one if you didn't. If you never listened to our Star Wars reviews. Some of them are actually serious, like uh, Last Jedi is a pretty serious conversation, but then you also... Yeah. I mean, the a, prequels, a laughable movie, but... Uh. <laughs> we, we, we can go back and have that debate again we could have that debate for hours but we already did yeah um <laughs> we let it all out of our system literally two and a half of. hours yeah uh i don't know if we could debate any more about that movie or, or have any new points maybe yeah we'd point. be just rehashing yeah um but going into this movie I've, obviously i was very excited matt was excited but not as much as me um so the basic setup of this film if for somehow you've been living under a rock over the last week and don't know or the last three months really while well, the marketing campaign really ramped up 
Uh, basically, 27 years have passed since the first It film. All the losers have grown up and moved out of Derry, except for one named Mike Hanlon, played by Chosen Jacobs in the original, and now played by Isaiah Mustafa, the Old Spice guy. Um, if you didn't know that, did you know that? I did not know Yeah, that. it's the Old Spice guy. Oh my god. Um, so basically, 27 years later, there is a series of murders once again, and Mike Hanlon realizes that his worst fears have come true, and that it has returned, and he calls the other remaining six losers back to Derry. Um, and that is the basic concept of the film, and I really want to start with the losers, because I think that what this film does the best is casting honestly i think like the the best thing that i can say about this film is that and really the last film too like it's wrapping the two together i 100 percent buy that these are the exact same people yeah uh, not just physically but the way they transfer the characters over i think is really good exactly. definitely for me the best part of this movie um i think mostly everyone gives really strong performances the one that i wasn't the biggest fan of was the old spice guy Isaiah Mustafa, you didn't like him. Yeah, I oh, thought really? that, I like, like, um, you know, like uh, Floyd said, you know, he's calling back everyone to Derry, and, like, one major part of his character was he, um, you know, he was driven to, and he wants to get everyone together, and he's always, like, running around, he's like, all right, no, we gotta get this, because he realizes what stakes are at hand, so his character was always very flustered and, like, in a hurry, but, like, I felt like that was the only thing that got out of him, and all his dialogue was spoken so fast and very, like, at least for me, indiscernible, sure. so, like, I felt like he was a little one-sided. Sure, and they or one note. <clears throat> at least they gave him more to do than they did. Oh, in the for first sure, because they totally uh, shortchanged him in the first mm-hmm. film. But yeah, he was definitely the character that had the least to do in the first one. So now in this movie, that he has actually something to do mm-hmm. is good. Is a good uh, improvement. And Mike honestly is the main character in the book of part two, which is so like it, it's it's honoring the source material, having Mike be a big role. We should stay, say now this is going to be like ninety percent spoiler free. Um, if you haven't, if you're not one of the ninety-one million dollars. If your ten bucks was not included in that ninety-one million dollars that I made this weekend, you might not want to listen to all of this. But like, if you're fine with basic plot setup of a movie, then you'll be safe in this review. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you said, Isaiah Mustafa, he is kind of rushed in his. He is. He's very frantic in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm okay with because that's. I mean, that's not really the character of Mike that I came to know in the book. He was much more. He is kind of like, you know, Bill, we need to do this. You know, you are the leader. You need to tell them that we need to do this. And they have a lot more scenes together where at the end of this, I don't know. There, there's a point in this movie where uh, it like it shows that Mike really, like, looks up to Bill. Yes. And that, like, they have this connection. And I feel like they never got that in the movie. They Like, they have scenes together. But I never really felt this connection between them mm-hmm. that they were like really we had really bonded and become like great friends. Yes, and they do. They I, I got that from the book where it was like they got they got close over the course of this story, and I didn't really get that from the two. But I feel like that's also not performance based. I'd say all the performances across the board, everyone say it, but the standout is Bill Hader. On it. Oh, he is it the was. standout. Yeah, and I and I think it's also with what they did with this character. Which we won't get into in the spoiler-free section, but I think they really just added so much depth. And comedically, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And when he needed to act in a very you know mature and intense moment, I thought he was totally spot on. Yes, for sure. He nailed the comedy and the drama. Oh, for sure. And, and what they added to his character, which again, we won't get into, um, I think really helped the story because 
every character in the of the seven characters had some something like for them to get over or for like something specific to happen to them um except for richie in the book richie was definitely the character who had the least to do in the book in part two um like beverly has to get over things bill has to get over things eddie has to overcome you know everyone has to overcome something except for really richie um well, yeah, even in the first movie, he doesn't do all that much no. because we never see anything with his family life, mm-hmm. I don't think, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But he, again, is just the comedic Yes. Character. And him and Eddie, him and Eddie in this movie have great comedic banter. Which, him and James Ranscombe are hilarious. Yeah. That I really like that. Um, Talk about, like, how in the first movie it was like, oh, you know, he's just the funny kid in the group. But then it was nice to see in this movie they kind of turn stuff around. It's like, oh, he had a lot more going on. Like, he's a very in-depth person. It was yeah. nice. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that you can't do as much. And, and, you know, this movie, if you combine it with Chapter 1, is about a five-hour experience. It's not as much as getting, you know, the 1,200-page book or even, like, an eight-hour miniseries, which I would still kill for, like, an eight- to ten-hour miniseries of this. It would be amazing. Um, but, yeah, all the performances are really good. The, the only actual two performances that I would complain about, one might surprise you is James McAvoy. I liked him in the movie, but I don't know about you. When he talked in his English act or in his American accent, at some points he his voice just was a voice from Split, where he kind of talked like uh, Hedwig a little bit. Okay, yeah, he I like see- Hedwig a little bit, and I was I was like, whoa, buddy! Like, <laughs> I know that you have a decent American accent. I've heard you do a decent American. No, accent I see before. what you're saying. Yes, and that that drew me out. It wasn't his performance per se; it was just his accent a little bit that kind of threw me off. Because yeah. he is a he does have a really deep Scottish accent if you've ever heard him talk mm-hmm. um, with the name McAvoy you know um, but the other performance that I was iffy on I liked it to some extent and then it went a little over the top was Teach Grant as Henry Bowers oh yeah I, I did not like that one at all I will get into it but I wasn't a fan of this character and how they use him in the film but no I thought it was way over the top and even in the first movie with the kid actor I thought he went over the top yeah I didn't love Nicholas Hamilton in part one yeah like I don't know I feel like they they tried to really play it up as like this kid is sadistic but I don't know I figured if they would have just brought it down a bit Mm -hmm. like it would have had the same effect yeah no Henry Henry's definitely an interesting character um, removing the performances, really, I think. Um, but maybe that's my bias from the book. I, I'll take all these opinions a little bit with a grain of salt, but I do try to remove my love for the book a little bit from the actual film criticism here. Um, and that's where I'm going to get into my main problem. So if, like, if generally casting A+, performances A, probably. Yeah. You know? Really good performances. The point in the, the... The part of the movie that didn't work for me the more that I sit on it and I've seen it twice now Matt. I've only seen it once um, it's the script uh, this is the same complaint I had last week with Under Silver Lake that I'm probably going to get into here uh, the script is kind of meh to be honest I agree uh, characters are really good um, all the interactions between the Losers Club I think is really good a common criticism has been that they didn't have great chemistry I thought they had really good chemistry I thought they had great I, chemistry uh, yeah. of course I, I really disagree with that um, that criticism of this film where I have to agree with people is that this movie is kind of aimless for the first two hours yeah it is kind of just scenes happening scary things happening and I really noticed that on second viewing where I was like I love what I'm watching because I love being able to see these characters. I just love hanging out with these characters. And I realize that maybe it is just because I love hanging out with these characters so much and I love these characters so much that I'm okay with this. 
like, is this really good script writing? And I kind of, you know, we, we saw it yesterday, and in the last day that I've kind of been processing the second viewing, I'm like, yeah, the middle the middle hour where they all split up and have their own scenes is really repetitive, and then, minor spoiler, kind of doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. It, yeah, I felt the exact same way. I understand, the, I mean, the struggle with making a movie with, you know, such a large uh, cast of characters. You want to be able to give each one, like, you want to fully flesh out each person. But I thought, I agree, I thought they spent way too much time on each individual person. And I feel like this movie was just going back and drawing from the past so much. There was such an overuse of flashbacks, mm-hmm. especially in the middle part. It was like, I, I want to see new things. I want to see these characters embark on these new journeys, but all you're giving me is like, oh, but remember this character? Let's We're going to show... And it was all these little, like, oh, here's like an Easter egg from the first movie. Remember this? And it was like, oh, okay, like this is all fun fan service, but like I need some actual content here. Yeah, I, I feel like it was fan service for people who were just fans of Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That like the people who really love Chapter 1 maybe don't know the story of Chapter 2, because I would say maybe 40 minutes of this movie is flashbacks. It's so much. 30 to 40 minutes, maybe. And some are, like, like 80% of them, I was like, this is just not necessary. I'd say the Richie one was Or it can just be condensed. Um, Yeah, I I thought that one was all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It set up a character trait. Yes, that's That was necessary to set up. Yes, that that one you needed. But most of them were just like, all right, um... It was just like adding to a moment. Or it was like, oh, this is like... It's like a deleted scene it you did. would find it felt on the, like on the first movie's DVD. You know what I mean? <laughs> and those are solid as deleted scenes, but I didn't need them. They they so killed the pacing of this film. Yes. They yes. they slowed this film down. When I heard initially that this was an almost three-hour movie, I was so excited because I didn't know they were really doing flashbacks. I heard that the original cast was coming back, but I thought it'd be like, you know... Minor flashbacks, very yeah. small flashbacks. Yeah. When I, so when I heard it'd be three hours, I'm like, great. Um, I said this previously. The the adult part of the book I enjoy more than the kid part, and for me, there is so much story that they cut in order to have a the kid scenes and b to just go through the motions of these characters going to find certain things from their past. And while they were good scenes, and I enjoyed the scenes. They ultimately don't serve the story. Yeah, and I felt like maybe the use of flashbacks would have been more justified if this was like if this sequel was coming out like literally like twenty seven years after mm-hmm. the first movie. But with the with the first movie so fresh in my mind, and you know most of the people I would say would agree with that. Like you know we've seen the first movie fairly recently. Like I don't know, I felt like using so many flashbacks was like all right. Like this, I mean, I, re- I remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Yeah, I mean for us, we saw it in theaters a month ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I like some of the flashback scenes. Like, I like the stuff, the stuff in the clubhouse is very funny. And I, I feel like those were decent scenes. I wasn't a fan of that. I really? felt Yeah, I don't know. I felt like most of the flashbacks was just supporting what we already knew. It was like, oh, yeah, um, Bill and uh, the girl. Beverly. Like, they had a connection. And Ben liked the girl, Beverly. Um, speaking of, did, how did you feel about the digital de-aging? I there thought, were moments that it was okay. I thought almost everyone looked great except for Ben. Oh, I thought everyone looked great except for Finn Wolfhard, Richie. Yes, Richie and Ben were not great. Yeah. Ben especially. Oh my gosh! Really, like, his face looked so like softened and like totally mm-hmm. just like airbrushed. Oh, yeah. it was, ooh, it was throwing me off so much. I think the one that looked the best was uh, Bill. I think I didn't notice it. Yeah. Bill looked the same. Yeah, I thought Beverly as well. I didn't really Beverly, notice. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but um, 
it, yeah, that, that was throwing me off. It was a bit hit or miss. Some of them yeah. were fine. So like, it's like. I wish they would have just cut some of those flashbacks out. Just for that reason also, like, I don't think we need it with the story. Yeah. Yeah, and my, my main thing that I love about part two in the book, or it's, it's they're interconnected. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this criticism out here because I think it's relevant to the script and the, the adaptation of, you know, a story into a script. They have, Stephen King wrote the book in a very specific way where, the Tom character who we see earlier in the, early in this film, who is married to Bev, and the Audra character who's married to uh, Bill, neither of them are in this movie very much, and I feel like that's not a spoiler. They each are in it for a scene, and those are two of the main driving forces of part two, along with Henry, and the, really it's like the losers going to Derry and then uh, to fight Pennywise, but then Tom, Audra, and Henry chasing them. And it cl- creates a ticking clock. It creates, that would be... Uh, that sounds very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it creates a ticking clock that, like, something's always gonna be happening. That it's not just them going on these scenes, which all these scenes are in the book of these, like, people... of them splitting up, getting these... or going to these places, and then coming back together. All those scenes are in the book, but they're a very short section, and they're kind of just to, like reacclimate the, us with a story when it's a 1200 page book that's fine these are the scenes that I would cut mm-hmm. you know they put in what I would cut and they left out the driving like the always push of a narrative because like when you're writing a script every scene needs to be moving the story forward it needs to be um, action that's always driving the like you know putting it in the fourth gear really kicking the story forward and here it's just kind of sitting in second gear for a while yeah I I think I can kind of understand why they made that choice I, I feel like if they would have done that, people would have criticized them for, like, oh, you didn't spend enough time with the main characters, and, like, we don't want to, like, follow these new people. Like, we want to just, like, focus on these old people. But, like, I feel like that would have been a great way to just, I don't know, I like you said, introduce, like, a ticking clock, add more mm-hmm. stakes to it so that the middle portion didn't feel so just, mm-hmm. you know, just we're just wandering around and showing you flashbacks. Yeah, yeah meandering. And, and the ticking clock of it is, like, if very minor spoiler, like... Tom Bev's husband is abusive, and Henry's a psychopath. Yes. And then Audra is kind of this, like, neutralizing presence with that because she really loves her husband, which you don't really get the sense of that in this movie. They have one scene together, and they don't seem to love each other that much. But she really loves her husband. She really wants to, like, find him. And, like, it's not like it focuses on them. They are definitely a side part. But them going there and then either adding danger, being Henry or Tom... Or being with the chance of being in danger because she doesn't know what she's getting herself into with Audra, it really it adds a ticking clock in different ways for different characters, and it adds so much emotional depth that um, that really I I, we, I won't get into because of spoilers um, that really lacked in this in this adaptation. But that being said, I still I don't know maybe this was just my bias. I loved every minute watching this movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, when I was sitting there, when I came out of the movie with you, I said to you that felt like a perfect, like a, like a second half of a whole of a piece where these two movies really feel intertwined that I feel so satisfied with. And I think why I feel that way is I love the last hour of this film. I, I liked it, too. I think the last hour, 45 minutes, was probably... The climax, yeah. Yeah, the, the climax was my favorite part of the movie as well. Um, aside from some kind of cheesy aspects that I thought they should have omitted. Um, I I really enjoyed the action. I thought 
that's something that the first movie did really well too was just all the horror sequences all the sets nothing ever felt generic in the first movie or in this one with the scares mm-hmm. um, you know none, none of the jump scares ever feel trite and I know I was kind of reading headlines and some were saying that this movie just wasn't scary enough I actually thought it was pretty scary I thought it was scary in the I first thought, one I, I agree I thought there were some genuinely terrifying moments and it, um, it never felt it never felt cheap to me yeah, yeah. And see, I've heard a lot of people call this jump scare the movie, and I very much disagree with that, because jump scare is a very specific thing. If you've ever watched a Conjuring movie, that is jump scare the movie. There is nothing actually scary about what is coming at you on the screen besides the fact that there's a loud noise playing and that something's jumping out at you on the screen. What Muschietti does, which we don't really haven't really talked about the direction of this film, which I think is actually quite... I think Muschietti directs the hell out of this movie. I think Mm -hmm. he does very well with the script that he's given. Um... Which I don't think he wrote at all. So I don't I don't blame Muschietti for the lack of pacing or for the you know the what I would have done differently with the, with the story. So I don't blame Muschietti for that. What Muschietti does great is he creates eerie images and lingers on them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't let you look away, and that's the thing where it's like jump scares rely on some you know that blah to scare you, and it's not actually scary what's there. The what was actually there, like for instance when the first scene with Henry and there's there's obviously a scare coming once that scare comes it lingers on that scare and it shows you a very disturbing image yeah I thought that was a great sequence I completely agree the scare I mean the the shock of, of the noise in the moment is scary yes but I, I completely agree I think the, the, the imagery that they used was terrifying and it's very rare that they just blah and then it's nothing mm-hmm. yeah it's not like blah then we just cut you know what yeah. I mean or it's like, you know, it's a cop-out. It's like, ah, Bob, but it's like, oh, it's just a coat, you know, hanging yeah. on a hook. <laughs> and, like, the scene in the trailer, this is, again, very mild spoilers. If you haven't seen the trailer, then you won't know what I'm talking about. There's a scene in the first trailer where he catches a firefly, and then that's that's the first time you see Pennywise in that trailer. And it's yeah. a little girl, and he says, hello. That sequence, there is a kind of a jump scare with that, but it is so well-timed and terrifying. The first time I saw it, I literally, like, keeled over because it got me. Yeah, it's that's such a good scene. and Great scene. It doesn't fit in the story at all. <laughs> like, I, I have to say that. that The scenes with... The scene with the other sequence with Pennywise, the little kid, fits yeah. in the story. That is a random-ass scene that has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, they could have... Yeah, I... Now that you're saying that, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't like use that girl as like, oh no, like this is one of the people who we caught. Like he's 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 at work again. Like they didn't link it more directly. Yeah. I mean, that being said, great it felt, scene. It was a great scene, but it really felt just plopped into the movie. I, I it agree. could have gone anywhere in the movie. No, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, um, they could have used it with the other kid. Yeah, yeah, totally. anywhere. The but that other kid that I liked that sequence and that mm-hmm. that building of character with Bill. I yeah. thought that was very good. It led to a very climactic scene in the fun house. That if you've seen the trailer is the middle section of the tra- second trailer um, very much heavily focuses on that and um, one other scene that I really want to point out that I loved and I thought it was perfect was the opening scene I know you said when we came out of the screen that you didn't love the opening scene at the at the carnival I wasn't crazy about it but I don't I don't know I can't really articulate why I didn't like it that much I think I don't know maybe it was just jarring for me I was like wait like like where are we and I was like kind of confused at first and I was like I, and then I didn't know if like the, one of those people was like one of the old uh, one of the old losers club gotcha. members but now, now that you say that I do think it did set the tone well because this movie is certainly much more intense much more violent Brutal. much more in your face and this first scene I mean it definitely delivers so yeah. I, I would agree with you there yeah it's a great opening scene it's a great adaptation of a great scene from the book 
um, that I will 100% give them props for. What 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 this what this two movies that I kind of consider one whole in my mind doesn't really do as well again as the book is really connect the Pennywise horror to the real life horror, like. The abuse with Bev and uh, and her father is very glossed over in the first movie. You know, there's yeah. one intense scene, but besides that, you don't really get the like. Eh. And that feels like one of the most like like she's one of the characters who I think you could do so much more with. I mean, that is such an interesting and really uh, traumatic past. And with this movie, seeing how you know she her uh, kind of the character her father appears later on in her life, you know, in the form of her husband, I think. I really wish they would have touched on that more. Yeah. I mean, because with the horror scenes with Bev, it's like, oh, you know, she was bullied in high school. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I wish they would have focused on that more. Yeah. And in just a pitch, all that's in the book. Yeah. That that is that is the book, and that's what's so great about it is that why I love the part two of the book so much is because it takes a great coming of age story with it, basically the story that was it chapter one. They're intercut in the book, but it takes this. All the basis that it lays down of trauma is stuff that the older characters then have to deal with, and it shows you how life repeats. And just, it's so rich thematically. Someday I'm gonna do a just a random review of it on the channel, probably. I'm rereading it right now, um, and it's it just basically everything you said. It's there. Mm -hmm. That's what that. That's what the story is. That's what, and that's what I think this movie, being what would have tied that all together, lacked. Yeah. Kind of kind of bring that all together. And like we said before, uh, Muschietti, I, I really personally love his direction. I think he's great. I thought it was good, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like part of it, I, I know that some people kind of are calling him indulgent in this movie, which maybe, but like at the same time, I don't I don't blame him for anything in this movie. I think he did great with what he had. I think at times it's a little indulgent, um, some of like the effects that are used and sound effects, and I don't know, I think... There were there were some scenes with some some of the horror imagery and that they use and like characters that they use for the horror scenes I thought was just a little outlandish and I don't know if it was in the book but there were just some parts and I was like I don't know if in that, terms like, of what well, if you can be as non spoilery yeah, as possible just you know some of the imagery and some of like the oh these are like the the scary things they were just a little like out there <laughs> what about I think probably are you talking about like a certain statue scene. Well, like Chinese restaurant scene. Okay, yeah, sure. Like, Which the lead up to the bad CGI is great. I thought the CGI was decent. I just thought it was a little very just. I didn't really fit in for me. Okay. Like, maybe if that would have, if those characters or you know those whatever the creatures would have appeared later on, it mm -hmm. would have made sense. But like that was just so random. I didn't, yeah. I didn't understand that. Yeah. It did kind of feel plopped in. Yeah. It's, it was a great scene before that too. I love what that, that reunion scene is, is perfect. I think it's good. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we mentioned this before, but when we saw the first it movie, when they were showing it again in theaters, they showed a preview of the second one. And the scene they showed was that Chinese restaurant scene. Mm -hmm. And it was it's just so cool to see the chemistry. I think yeah. it was somewhat pared down what we saw. I think they, no, took, yeah, yeah. they, they cut some, they stuff did. Out. They, they, it was mostly comedic elements. in yeah. The scene that we saw. And yeah. then, then with the words at the end, we yeah. saw the, uh, the Richie, uh, the Richie uh, quips that he yes. had such, which were amazing in that scene. So I think that was funny. maybe Bill Hader's funniest scene. Yeah. Um, one one okay. Here's actually one thing in the direction that I hated and that I know a lot of people have complained about this. It's a random four seconds of the movie, but there is a one of the sequences where the characters are split up. They 
do a weird music insert. Yeah, that's of what I'm saying. Sound Angel effects. in the morning. Yeah. For four seconds. I, 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 it doesn't fit at all. I don't get the choice. Like, yeah, they tried to be Deadpool for, like, four seconds, and it, it was, was weird. weird. It was, like, people laughed, but, like, it wasn't, like, a super funny moment. It, it was just, like, a, it was just, like, a shocking moment, yeah. but I don't know what the hell that sound was. <laughs> I think it could have also just been, like, that sequence where, what it, we won't say what's happening, but what's happening is kind of funny enough with the character that if you just, like, Instead of, like, going slow-mo and having the music playing, if you just had it happen and then just kind of, like, held on that character, like, freaking out because of it... Yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah. Like, you didn't need to do the stunt yeah. music and, choice. And I think in other scenes with the violence, he just goes, like, a bit too far. Like, not that, like, I this movie should be violent, but there was one scene, um, and it, it like these characters are fighting and I was like how like this is happening it was just it involved, Again, you, it involved a knife yeah and it was I know just, what you're talking about it, it just seems so out of place and sure. I was like is this a dream like is this just like not happening it, I thought that you could totally cut that out of the movie or just tone down what happened you know what injury the character suffered so that it didn't I don't know it just seemed way too not realistic. I know what you're talking about I like that scene I disagree with you on that but this is non-spoiler so I'm yeah. not going to talk about that but um I want to get into the very end of this film. I think that this film wraps up in such a, a nice way. Like, the last, like, 15 minutes. Like, the resolution of this film, without getting into any spoilers whatsoever, made me cry. There, the last 45 minutes, there's various times that I cried. The last 15 minutes, there's one specific scene that I, I, I ugly cried. I don't know if you cried at all during this I film. I didn't cry. But I ugly cried at the one scene. Damn. And it it's it's... Maybe it's because I ugly cried during that scene in the book. Uh, when I when I read the book, I thought I knew all the spoilers except for this one certain thing that happened. And I was driving home. I was in high school at the time. I was listening to it on an audiobook, and I was driving home from golf practice in the middle of the afternoon on a Monday, three o'clock in the afternoon, and I bawled the entire way home. Oh my god! Like it, wait, I don't even know what you're talking about. What twist in the? the oh man! There's a certain moment. That it, I'm going to get around this with spoilers to tell you what it is. Near the end, where a certain thing happens to a certain character. That's oh. probably pretty spoiler. You can oh. probably guess what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that that moment hits so hard in this film, uh-huh. and I love it. I thought they, they perfectly executed uh, that scene. And the very end of the movie I thought was very touching, um, wrapped up all the characters very well. Um you know, and I think it's it's a very it's a closed end. If they, I swear to fucking god, if Warner Brothers makes a chapter three, I'm going to kill them. I think they will. Oh, I it's such will. a closed ending, though. Yeah, but it's Warner Brothers. It's a big studio. They're gonna make a third one. Make a mini series. Wait, yeah. Well, if they made a third one, they do with new characters. Yeah, they would have to go back in time too. Yeah, you can't. Have and like, if you fucking go seventy year olds running around on the screen. Exactly, and they. Yeah, you could have they, like they Clint, have... you could have like old Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep and Gary Oldman. Wow, I hate that so much. Um, <laughs> Imagine just like super prestige actors in this franchise. It'd now. be the exact same movie as this though, <laughs> wouldn't it? Just with old people. It'd be so funny. I feel like if they did this, if they did a chapter three, it would have to be a prequel. Yeah, it has to be a prequel, well, and at that point, it'd just be people dying the entire movie. It'd and that'd just be, be it. a historical thing then. <laughs> <laughs> They make the witch. It'd be like a, yeah, it'd be the witch with Pennywise. Oh my god! Well, it, so he'd be in a different form though. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'd be. In a Don't they allude form. to that? 
Yeah, he yeah. was always in a different form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they do the... Uh, it's like, when did he switch? If they do the uh, Native American story. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be... I mean, yeah. okay, if they do the Native American story, that might be weird enough for me to be like, okay, this might be interesting. Yeah, but yeah, if they went full-fledged. I don't need it. I don't need it I don't it need all. it either. But yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the ending's good. There, there was also a moment for me. I didn't cry, but I thought it was just so touching. Oh, my God. There was a yeah. moment towards the end. It's kind of like this big you know we're wrapping up everyone's stories showing how each of them fared in the end um i thought it was very beautiful i think the end fight scene the way they go about you know defeating pennywise was a, a bit goofy um i it just kind of took me out of it and i was I like i was like okay i mean yeah i thought all the visual effects were good but i don't know the way they all teamed up and took him down was a little silly but no i can i, I agree i thought the ending was nice yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to wrap up with uh, some ratings and then maybe do... I just have a, a couple small things I want to talk about spoilery and then we'll save the rest of our spoiler thoughts for the big episode that I'm sure will be like two hours long with all four of us. Yes. Um, so Matt, go ahead with your ratings on this film. Um, so I'm going to go with a B on this one. Um, I, I enjoyed the movie, but I, I totally felt that it just meandered its way through in the middle half and some of the beginning. I thought that some portions were completely brushed over, while others were just used way too often, and just you know, characters I didn't think should be there. Like Henry, I thought his storyline, his arc in this film just could have been omitted or just shortened so much. Or um, um, I, I just felt like it was it was focusing too much on the first film and trying to draw all these flashbacks out and all these fan service and you know. Uh, which were fun uh, on a face value, but I, I wanted to see new things happen to these characters. But I thought that the cast was fantastic. Um, I thought the scares were great. I thought the scares were better than the first movie, even. Um, I, I I enjoyed the film, but it, it I wasn't like I don't know. I wasn't crazy about it. It's a B. It's a B. I'd watch it again for sure. Yeah, I think this film falls into sequelitis, where it's trying to emulate the first film too mm -hmm. much, and it's not focusing enough on being a good movie itself. Uh, that being said, like I said earlier, I enjoyed every single minute of this film. I, it's one of those things where it's like, I am probably such a big fan of this that I see the problems, I fully am aware of them while they're happening, and I'm still enjoying what I'm watching. Yes. Um, so in terms of enjoyment, I'm giving this movie an A, but if I'm thinking about it critically as a film, I'm going to give it a B plus. Mm -hmm. So my, my grade is a B plus. It's a solid movie. It meanders for the middle hour. The first hour and the last hour, I think, are really strong, especially the last hour. I think the last hour is honestly super strong. The, uh, the last hour is an A plus for me. I, I love the last hour filmmaking-wise, IT fan-wise. Overall, it's just that middle hour that I love as an IT fan that doesn't work cinematically or uh, in terms of pacing. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to be given a full spoiler review where you'll get the uh, thoughts of Logan and Dan as well yes. um, and get their ratings as well. So you got spoilers here. you got a little preview of our thoughts, um, of what our thoughts on the film are. But big spoiler warning right here. I'm going to talk about – I want to talk about a couple scenes that I really want to talk about and a couple plot points that I really want to talk about. So full spoiler warning. We're going to give you like two seconds here. All right, are you still here? Okay, you've seen the movie? Cool. All right, so we're talking spoilers. I, I think the part that I really want to talk about was, was the addition to the Richie character, making him gay. Um, 
maybe not even fully get just like that he has feelings for Eddie. Mm-hmm. I feel like really added a lot to his character. Um, like I said, it, it was a character trait that was not in the book that they added that I felt perfectly fit the character, perfectly fit their relationship. Um, and it added so much like that to Eddie's death. It added so much to Eddie's death. So much. Um, the moment that I was talking about that kind of hit me was at the end when you see him finishing carving, carving the names into the bridge, which yeah. were his and then Eddie's. Yeah. And I, I thought that was just beautiful. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great choice, especially with his character. Like I said, we only saw him just be the comedic funny guy in the first movie, but then to see this shift. And now when you look back into the first mm-hmm. movie, you're like, oh my God, Like he was going through so much. This is yeah. so much more. And I thought out of, out of, out of everyone, um, I thought that they really... You know how they cultivated his past and his trauma to use it, use it for the horror. I thought the scenes, you know, where Pennywise was taunting him about his secret. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. I know your secret. Yeah, like, I love that. It was I so good, was, and it was just so emotional. Yeah. Like, I really felt that. That's something I wanted them to do more with Bev. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? People. Yeah, like that. sure. Yeah, no, I love I love what they did with Richie. Uh, Richie, like he's such a funny character. They f- perfectly nailed that, and Bill Hader perfectly matched his nervous energy. Um, but that, that, like, it was so heartbreaking when he was like, no, he's just hurt. We need, we can still help him. Oh, that was tough. And, like, the fact that you think about it, like, Eddie died alone. Oh, man. Like, it's, it's tough. Like, he was surrounded by his friends, and if, you know, I'm sure, like, hypothetical person, if, like, Eddie was asked while he was dying, was like, should I go help them defeat it, or should I stay here with you while you die, he would tell him to go finish it. Yeah, You know, like, he, he, like, I feel like Richie made the decision that he should have made but it's still just thinking about now it's like oh that's tough because that's different than the book like they're basically all holding him while he dies oh which is that was that's the moment from the book that i yeah bald crying because they all held him while he died and it was amazing but i like to think that eddie watched his friends defeat the monster Mm -hmm. as he has he died yeah i mean yeah sure yeah that's that's a good moment and uh the moment the moment that made me ugly cry wasn't etching it in the in the uh, bridge because I actually felt like when they showed uh, Finn Wolfhard running away from the bridge with a knife, I'm like, oh, he definitely carved R and E into it. Like, I, I sure. didn't think so. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, that was immediately like, oh, well, he carved the names into it, so it wasn't. Well, really I didn't a surprise think it was Eddie. I, I thought it was someone else. Oh, really? Yeah. See, as soon as I set up that um, Richie was gay, I knew immediately where they were going. Really? Yeah. I, I thought it was just going to be some kid. Really? Oh uh, no, I, I knew. I knew as soon oh, as and they showed that because if you put that lens on. For their chemistry, it's fully there. Yes, which is which works really, which is why it works so well. Um, so that really wasn't a moment when when he went back and carved it. I was like, oh, that's nice, but it was something that I knew they were gonna do. But when they all held Richie in the water as he cried about Eddie, Ooh. oh my god! It, like it's making me emotional just thinking about it right now. It's just it's such, it, that, that's the human stuff that is so good about this story. That like, that human of a moment where like it's just loss and pain that then is comforted by you know friendship and family i thought that was a good scene yeah but then it was followed up by uh, ben and bev kissing underwater right that was right oh yeah it was right after yeah the main thing about that was like that water is so murky yeah i was like i was like that is gross but also i just i just hated what they did with that i didn't i didn't like with the freaking scene where bev's on the yacht at the end 
I, I hated that. It's and a bit excessive. That yeah. was so dumb. I did not like that. I mean, I love that Ben and Bev end up together because they, uh, that's obviously where they were going from the beginning of chapter one. Yeah, you know? but I don't know. I, I wish, like, they didn't even, like, touch on, like, uh, James McAvoy's character, Bill, and, yeah. like, what his reaction to that was. Like, because he, he li- like, they, they kissed yeah. in the room. That's the problem with cutting Audra out of the movie, that she was his wife that he was very much in love with. While he still had feelings for Bev, he was able to reconnect with his wife, and, you know, he was happy like that, whereas it's kind of like the Harry Potter thing, where, like, oh, Ron and Hermione are going to end up together, but don't worry, Ron's happy with Ginny, you know, yes, like, yes. like, it's kind of, don't worry, Bill has his wife, <laughs> you know, you know, that, that, that thing that they never bring up again, that yeah. he, like, is in a happy relationship with his wife, so, you know, that's... That I, that's a problem with the movie. I'll give you that. That is fully a problem with the movie. Yeah. That Bill's character and Bev's Bill and Bev's relationship is not fully fleshed out um, the way it should be for it to end that way. So uh, yeah, this movie made made ninety one million this weekend, a, a thirty million drop off from it chapter one. But when a movie overperforms the way that chapter one did, I feel like you can't like ninety one million is a great opening weekend. Like, probably, I think it's probably top ten, top five of the year. So, it's like, it's a very solid film uh, financially. It's going to make a ton of money. It made almost $200 million opening weekend. Um, so, this film's been very financially successful for Warner, which we knew that was going to happen. But, um, yeah. so, yeah, I think that wraps up the pod. Um, I recently watched The Beach Bum, which I'll just give a very short recommendation for. Matthew McConaughey was born to play that role. Um, it's on Hulu right now. Uh, go check it out. I would give it probably a B plus. Uh, I think it's a really solid film, even though it has a little bit of excesses that go a little too far. So, uh, yep, that's a tiny little review of the Beach Bomb that I'm not even probably going to put in the uh, description of this episode. So, uh, if you guys are Sneak interested, peek. yeah, a little 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 uh, little piece. Um, I doubt that it'll make my top twenty, so we probably won't talk about it. I gotta else. watch that movie. Yeah. So if you watch it, maybe we'll do we'll yeah, do yeah. a full talk. I want to watch it. it. So uh, yeah, next week. There is a uh, what? There's a small review. We we talked about this. There's a small movie coming out next week that uh, uh, that we had talked about possibly doing. But I don't ooh, now now I'm gonna now I'm gonna ponder it. But in two weeks we got Ad Astra. I think we're definitely gonna be reviewing. That I would love to do that on the show because I yeah. think it looks really good. Um, yeah, for some reason it's not showing up. So uh, also Rambo: Last Blood's coming out in the next couple weeks. We probably I, I am not watching Rambo: I'm, Last Blood. I'm gonna watch it, but I'm probably not. We don't need to re- yeah, review. Yeah, I refuse to watch. It. But uh, so we're basically it's every two weeks now that there's a big movie coming out. We got Ad Astra, and then a week off, and then Joker. Um, so we'll be reviewing those two. Um, so next week maybe we'll go see another movie that's out in theaters right now. We'll review something that's streaming. Uh, we'll find something. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Ready or Not. Um, haven't seen that. I haven't seen Good Boys. Those are two films that are possibilities. Um, and if we stream something, maybe Transit or High Life, something, so, yeah. something to that extent. Climax. Something more artsy. Climax. Yeah, yes. maybe. Maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if there's a way oh, for us I'd to see that to again. Watch that again. Yeah. I don't know if that's still in theaters around yeah. here. But uh, So yeah, come back next week. We'll be back with another review or two. Um, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to check out the channel. Matt, you will be posting another Back in Style soon, correct? Yep. Uh, probably tomorrow. So, all right. Keep keep yourself posted. So, if you uh, if you are a listener to uh, the Twin Peaks back back in styles, Twisted Mug Media podcast, yep. uh, go and check that out tomorrow. There's episode what 11, 12? Uh, 12, I 12. Think. So we got episode twelve coming. You're in season two, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So season two of the show. Um, we'll be back here next week. Hopefully in the next week or two with our full two hour review, probably of it chapter two. Yes. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Ryan. I'm Matthew. And uh, talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.